One by one, the judges on the balcony lifted an ornate gold paddle with a glow-in-the-dark number painted on his face. In the blackened theater, the numbers appeared to float in the air. All three judges raised the number one in unison, and the audience moaned. Jason bounced his leg. They're going to be tough tonight. I'm sorry, Faustino said, looking on the man with pity. Then he opened his arm theatrically toward the exit. But it worked, the contestant said indignantly as he held up one ring, the other dangling from it. Despite a few half-hearted claps surfacing from the crowd, he was promptly ushered off the stage anyway. Next, a teenage boy, wearing tan baggy pants, curly gold shoes, and a gold turban strode onto the stage. He unsheathed a sword from his golden sash and whirled around, swinging and stabbing the sword to a rhythm only he could hear. It's the human blender, Marcus announced. I hope he doesn't cut the great Faustino before you can get to him. Jason waved him off, zeroing in on the stage. I'm not worried, Jason said a moment later, as if just hearing Marcus's comment for the first time. The great Faustino cannot be killed. You're not serious, Marcus said when the boy on stage lit his sword on fire with a wave of his hand. After a few more flaming twirls, he stopped, posed, and slid the sword down his throat. Many have tried to kill the great Faustino over the years, Jason said. The boy on stage slowly removed the sword from his mouth and took a bow. But none have succeeded. The crowd relaxed a little. Ellie wiped her brow. Faustino lifted the glass ball again, and the judges gave their score. The varied performances that followed were dangerous. Others were more like parlor tricks, and the rest were just plain laughable. After some time, Marcus lost interest. He couldn't get over how many people had shown up to this event. Their grandparents had a hard time getting even a handful of people in their shop. Yet the magic box was able to bring out what looked to be the entire population of the city. Marcus snapped back to attention when one of the ushers called on the row in front of them. Okay, folks, he whispered. You're up next. Let's go. The people stood and shuffled along the row and then walked nervously down the aisle for their turn at the contest. Once they cleared the way, Marcus saw a young blonde girl, dressed as a magician's assistant, sparkle her way to the front of the stage. He squinted to get a better look. She reminded him of someone. She lifted a top hat from her head and twirled it as she bowed. When she straightened up again, she slowly waved a hand above the hat and then below it. She flipped the hat over and showed the inside of the hat to the audience. This, she said, placing the hat at her feet, is my magic hat. She stood up and slowly circled the hat. You've each observed that my hat is quite normal. There are no holes or strings attached. The audience grumbled unbelievingly, but settled down after a minute. Marcus leaned over to Jason and asked, Who is that girl? Entranced by the girl's act, Jason just shrugged. The hat looked normal enough. Are you ready? The girl asked. With a clap of her hands, the hat began to waddle and circle the girl on the stage. A single scream amongst gasps blurted out from the audience. The girl raised both of her arms in the air, and the hat stopped in place. It still jerked randomly, however, as if something small underneath it tried to push its way out. 
Rise, the girl said in a loud, dramatic voice, and join me on stage. Ever so slowly, the hat began to rise up off the stage. Eyes grew wide and mouths gaped open as the whole audience leaned in and absorbed the scene. What was more, as the hat separated from the stage, something else came into sight. Marcus couldn't believe his eyes. If he didn't know better, he would swear that a pair of fancy high heels had appeared underneath the hat. Then the hat seemed to expand and contract as it continued to rise up off the ground.